I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with the Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club. Instantly, MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness Philly, College Park, become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to theprospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon. He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have a pleasure of having Christine Howe, Fit Pro Finders, also a native New Yorker, right now at least. And uh, we're going to talk about how we are going to optimize the industry in 2024. And it starts with human capital. So, Christine, welcome to your first Halo Talks. Thank you. It's great to be here, Pete. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, um, you know, part of having a great industry is having great people that are doing great things. So talk about what you're up to and how it kind of forms the foundation of a successful business. Sure. So I've been staffing and recruiting here in the fitness and wellness industry basically my entire career. So coming up on 12 to 13 years now. And a little over a year and a half ago, I decided to venture out onto my own and started a uh, a staffing service called Fit Pro Finders. And we cater specifically to the health, wellness, and fitness industry or to the Halo world. And uh, work in particular with small to mid-sized companies, independently owned, uh, funded by private equity, franchise-owned and operated, and even your corporate and big box facilities as well. And what we do is we help them find the people, find the personnel that, that drive our industry here. So, you know, I've been in this industry since 1999, so I've got some dated uh, years on you here. Um, Maybe. <laughs> the health club industry, as well as the boutique fitness industry in general, have typically used, you know, either whether, you know, refer a friend from somebody, you know, who's maybe a friend of a friend in a, you know, a personal trainer or somebody that works at the location. Um, a lot of people, you know, post up ads on Craigslist or ZipRecruiter and then end up parsing through thousands of resumes to, to find it. I, at times I'll say, hey, why don't you just go get a recruiter, you know, pay that person and their team to actually do the work and optimize your own time, optimize the personnel that you're going to get and actually have, you know, like a job description that actually somebody's like referring to instead of just trying to meet somebody, they smile nice and therefore they're hired. So talk about how maybe the industry has started to actually pay for services and or, or lack thereof and kind of where are we in that, you know, that, that uh, spectrum of this is what smart companies do. This is what bootstrap companies do. Yeah, no, you you literally took half of the pitch uh, out of our, our our profile here at Fit Pro Finders. So basically, what um, what has developed over the years in terms of volume and demand here is this need for human capital, right? And and most operators don't have the time or necessarily the skill set, frankly, uh, to find the best possible people. And that's what we do here. And 
uh, yeah, there absolutely is a need for it in the industry now. Hence why I left my, my amazing job that I had and, um, at Exponential Fitness, actually, most recently, and uh, decided to turn this into a full-time venture here because there is such a need and a demand for services that are curated around finding personnel. And and it's not just finding personnel. Uh, what we do here at Fit Pro Finders is we've really developed a holistic approach to staffing. So it's not just saying, hey, we're posting a job, uh, which is basically, as you said, what people are doing and here's a resume, right? right. Uh, what we're doing is we're taking a holistic approach in the sense that we're looking at soup to nuts, what this position entails from the interview process to the onboarding process, to the compensation plan, to the culture of the company and the organization, uh, to the output in terms of the growth opportunities and, and, how people can potentially scale within these organizations. So it's really coaching hiring managers and owners on how to put forth the best possible product as in a position that people are going to want to thrive in. So uh, in addition to finding the personnel to do so. So when you take a look at a company and they tell you, hey, I want to hire a certain amount of people. I want to pay this amount of, of uh, let's just take a, a, per, a group exercise instructor as an example. Um, some people brag to me and say like, Hey, you know, I pay 35 bucks or 45 bucks, you know, per class to my instructors. And you know, they're okay, they're pretty good. But, you know, it's almost like a badge of honor to say how little you pay your instructor. Whereas I kind of flip it around and we do this Halo Academy course where I'm like, hey, look, a soul cycle instructor, they might have made 200 to 500 dollars you know, for that 45 minute class because they generate two thousand dollars of revenue. And they're basically like the equivalent of like a, you know, for lack of a better term, like a like a little bitty Taylor Swift to like their 200 or 300, you know, tribe members. So stop thinking about this as a revenue. Stop thinking about this as like an expense reduction HR game and think about it as like a revenue optimization game. So one, how many groups think like that as a percentage, if you could say, um, and calibrate? And two, how do you get get people over the, 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 just the, you know, cross the chasm of like, you actually want to pay more because you're going to keep them. They're going to be happy. They're not going to be working at four other locations at the same time. And basically importing their member base around is like your member base of theirs is kind of like now like fully entwined. That was a long soliloquy. So take whatever you want. Yeah, no, very few, unfortunately, very few have that perspective, uh, especially if you're new to the game, new to the industry, you're looking strictly at those P&Ls, right? And yeah. unfortunately, uh, that's, um, that's not the way that, that we're coaching and working here uh, with our with our owners, right? With our hiring managers, right? We try to veer away from that and look, as you said, that this is a people first industry, right? It's not even about the workout, right? It's about the yeah. people. And, and you use SoulCycle as an example. And SoulCycle, that is what SoulCycle it is. It is absolutely about the people that are driving their workouts, not the workout itself. So uh, when you have examples like that, and, and there's a lot of them you know, throughout the industry now, and uh, once you're showing people examples of that, both uh, within their organization, within similar organizations, and what's helpful for me is not only that uh, I've had a lot of experience working with different companies and hiring for different types of roles that I can provide examples, but also as an independent contractor now as a recruiting service that's 
taken advantage of by many different companies and, and across different roles, I have examples, right? So I can provide instances and say, hey, this is where it's worked, right? So this is where you know I've had a client that, that took a little bit of a risk and, and paid a little bit more, uh, maybe found someone that was a little bit different. You know, uh, it's interesting. I've been having a lot of conversations uh, with um, with hiring managers about hiring talent even outside of the industry, right? So mm-hmm. looking at organizations like Starbucks, Disney, uh, other hospitality, people-first-driven organizations that have a phenomenal customer service onboarding system, right? And pulling people that are generally passionate about serving people through this modality, right? So right. Uh, when we're able to provide examples and provide a plan, which is what we do here to our customers, uh, they're more often than not, they're, they're buying in and they're seeing the results uh, that they want to see. This is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault. And what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free or giving away shakes or giving away t-shirts. What you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts, that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile. They are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members, and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa, and outside of the club and outside of the spa to get them to become loyal, to get them to pay their monthly dues, and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion Vault's your answer. Trust me, this is real. So I had a client who um, I advised to, to talk to someone like you. Um, you know, a year ago, they owned a, uh, an Orange Theory. And um, they said, I don't, you know, I don't, don't want to pay for someone to do that. I'm like, why don't you tell me how much you think you pay? Or, or check that. Why don't you actually go back in your P&L and show me how much money you spend on all the different recruiting sites that you put, you know, posts up on and then quantify your time on how long it takes you to go through that stack of a thousand resumes. You don't even know what these people look like. You don't know if they can put an orange theory shirt on and look aspirational or motivational or not, if that's a criteria, which I hope it is still, even though in this world of like be whoever you want to be, you know, I would like somebody who's in the fitness industry to actually have a passion and participate in it you know, if they're going to work for me, um, and have the same, you know, view of the world, um, to try and get rid of obesity, diabetes and, and loneliness. You should probably live that if you want to go and come and work for me. Um, so my question is my client was spending $2,500 a month and didn't even know it on these recruiting platforms. So one is what do you, what do you charge on average? You know, or ha- how does your business model work to get people to understand, Hey, this is actually a very cost-effective way to get the best people. And then second part is you know, how much should they be spending a month on, on getting the best talent and having like that flywheel started? Yeah. I mean, I'll take the latter one first. I don't sure. think there's a, a dollar amount that really can quantify how much people should be spending. There's a lot of variables and ultimately it really comes down to what they want to spend, right? Uh, ultimately people are going to do what, they want to do, and especially in this space. Um, but as far as the first question goes, yeah, that exactly is, again, you, you know, you took the words out of my mouth in terms of what 
part of our pitches to our customers is that $2,500 a month that you don't even realize you're spending, you're not even going to spend that much with us for, let's say, you know, two to four instructors, right? So again, pricing really does vary depending upon the number of studios or number of locations, the number of positions, the marketplace, you know, in terms of logistics and whatnot, but that's, that's what you're spending on indeed, for example, which is the most highly used job board currently out there right now is chances are it's at at the very most going to be what we're charging here. And at the very, at most likely it's going to be less. So, and again, what you're getting out of the service here is not just a candidate, but you're getting coaching on the whole process, soup to nuts in terms of because really what I tell my clients here and what I've learned over you know, doing this for the last 12 years is recruiting is just the front end. It's, the, it's half of the, the, the piece of the pie here, right? The mm-hmm. other half is coaching, it's management, it's onboarding, it's culture. Uh, there, there's other variables involved. And again, I, I feel like we would be doing a disservice if we weren't coaching on that here. So. Um, so that's, that's, that's part of what we're, we're, what we're doing here. But, uh, from the front end piece, we're also, uh, sourcing candidates, but we're also screening them. So we're putting them through a curated, uh, hiring process or excuse me, recruiting process that includes, mm. um, questionnaires and, you know, pre-screening interviews, things like that. Right. So like personality tests also. Not specifically that, but interestingly enough, that is my educational background. So I have two master's degrees in in psychology uh, and vocational counseling. So that is definitely part of what goes into the recruiting process here. Nice, nice. So let me ask you a question just from your business model that, that, that you have now. Obviously, if you placed me as a spin instructor, which I'm not, but maybe I, you can turn me into one, um, and you placed me there for, let's say, like a, a year or two years um, how do you kind of pressure, how do you like indicate to your, your clients that, Hey, look, I'm going to get you these candidates to understand that we're in like a high velocity, you know, environment. So if I get you a candidate and they stay for two years, like that's a win, you know, whereas like, obviously if somebody leaves after 60, 90 days, it wasn't a fit. And, you know, we have to go back and kind of retrace our steps on, on finding you a new candidate. So what do you tell people from a standpoint of like, Hey, you've got like, an average of three, you know, your, your employees have an average of like two year tenure or three year tenure. Like, is that good or bad in this, in this current like day and age where people move jobs a lot? Yeah, I think that's, that's great. But what really what we're, what we're looking for here and, and what's part of our uh, pitch to our candidates is opportunity to scale and grow within an organization. And typically the, the businesses that I'm working with fortunately do have a lot of opportunity uh, for that, right? They're multi-unit uh, that have opportunities to grow from, you know, a, a trainer, coach, instructor to a lead right. trainer, coach, instructor to a manager to a multi-unit manager and up, right? So, really, what we're speaking to on both sides, to the candidate and to the hiring manager, is being able to provide internal growth opportunities. And really, what what we're trying to build is a culture where. Uh, these businesses are able to to farm and to to promote from within, and they're they're creating a space and a plan for these new hires to do that internally. But to your point, though, you know, two years 
is 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 great in in this day and age, particularly in this industry where there is a lot of competition. And you know, I speak to that definitely to to the clients when we're we're going through the the initial you know conversation as far as you know what some of the you know, one of the things I always ask, for example, is what have you been doing up until now? Uh, in terms of recruiting and what have some of the challenges been. And re- and that almost always comes up on the list is, you know, I, I lose people, they leave me after two days, two weeks, they get another job that pays $2 an hour more, whatever the case may be. Uh, and that's something that we talk through uh, is there is a lot of competition in particular in this industry. So uh, as long as they are understanding that and how they can be competitive, and it's not always necessarily with paying, you know, there's other variables that we've spoken to spoken to here today that are factors as well. So let me run two um, potential client scenarios by you and tell me if this is what you do or how you would uh, attack it. So we'll, we'll do it sequentially. So the first one is we've got a client down in Florida. They're opening up a uh, two-room uh, boutique fitness studio. One of it's going to be a spin and one of it's probably going to be something related to breath work and stretching. Um, they're about to sign a lease. <clears throat> and they basically need to hire, you know, a dozen people, let's say, to open up and run the schedule and run the studio as well as maybe have an F&B food and beverage component. So on the front end of that, how would you come into that situation? And would you say, hey, look, tell me exactly who you want to hire. There's some interesting dynamics related to this because it's got a, 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 a music slant to it and it's got a religious slant to it. It's kind of unique business model, would you come in and say, hey, look, I'm going to take care of everything. Let's go through job descriptions. Let me understand the DNA of this business. And I'm going to go and staff your entire you know, launch studio. Or like, how, how would you think about that? Or would you say, hey, let me get you the top three people and find everybody else locally? Yeah, I think we would start with, you know, the, the must need right now. And a lot of that depends upon the timeline for opening and their build out and pre-sale model, right? I work with a lot of clients that are in the pre-sale process. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a very common scenario. That's a very common client that, that we get here at FitProFinder. So I would say, what do we need right now uh, to get the business going here, right? As was, and what's our timeline looking like in terms of, you know, what's our pre-sale or pre-opening going to look like? Uh, what is our soft opening, grand opening, first, you know, 90 days, six months, things like that. And then we'll start with those positions that we need right now. And then as the business continues to move along, uh, we'll, we'll finish with staffing for the roles that they need uh, to complete their, their business model. Got it. Okay. So if anyone's in that situation, you in the show notes, you'll see Christine's information and get in touch with her on the uh, pre-launch, please. Um, second scenario is I just met yesterday with a, a company that's, that's starting to franchise uh, mid-sized to, to let's call them like Planet Fitness 2.0 type of locations. Um, they have aspirations of having 250 plus franchise locations. Um, and they want to identify managers to basically try and take over different areas. And those area developers would then be able to, to raise capital down the road. So if you were to be introduced to this franchisor, what would they need to have on their end for you to say, all right, like I can, I can work with you. Would they need to have like a head of HR, which we like to call the head of player personnel? Uh, is like our, our team sports, you know, related term, um, or chief people officer? Had, had, like, what, what, what would qualify someone 
for you to say, hey, look, you need to have a couple of people internally for me to interact with because I'm not just going to be like your complete outsourced HR recruiting and development, or maybe you can serve that role and don't hire Yeah, that no, that's, I actually have a client group very similar to what you done. Is that that? <laughs> that could be my client actually that, uh, that you're referring to, but I have a similar client right now. And right now, uh, they are in the initial stages of building out a franchise model. They have about, I think, 25 stores open. They definitely do not have an HR uh, or people personnel department or individual built out yet. It's just a bunch of partners, uh, mostly from the PE space. So, uh, no, I, I definitely don't need that to, to get going on, on staffing, right? I think we just need a plan and a timeline and identify what that key role is that we're starting with first and foremost, similar to what we just discussed. But as long as we have a, a plan, we've got funding uh, in terms of being able to, to staff the position, uh, and we know what we're going to be paying for the role and, and what it's going to look like, we'll, we'll talk through that. Um, as I mentioned, that's part of the service that I offer as well if needed. And we'll get going on, on filling the position. This is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose, higherdose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology, LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market. Having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. There's a wholesale code and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating. And the recovery should be just as good as the workout. So before we sign off here, you know, if you could, if we could kind of pivot towards, I'm a potential uh, general manage, manager candidate or district manager. Is there a sheet that you provide candidates or, or can you kind of talk about, you know, what questions people should be prepared to answer, what kind of tips that you have, whether it's on your website or whether that's something we can put in the show notes is like for the, for the employee um, to, to kind of get their act together and make sure that they're prepared Yes. No, that's fantastic. We do actually for both uh, interviewers and interviewees, actually. Yeah. And cool. yeah, I think the key thing is just to really um, be authentic, be yourself. I think uh, and, and, and the right position will, will, will find you. Right. But you have to put yourself out there. I say, you know, one of the one of my catchphrases, as I say, is that um, as a recruiter here in this space, I'm I'm somewhat of a matchmaker, right? And so recruiting is very, very similar to dating. And, and I would say uh, the, I, the advice would be uh, similar in the sense that be authentic, be yourself, ask questions that are important to you, um, and uh, really try to understand you know, what the culture of the business is, what their plans are for scaling and for growth, what type of, of coaching and training opportunities there are, um, I think a big one that a lot of people don't ask is, how is my performance going to be measured and managed? 
right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's a big one, right? I'll ask my clients that, like, how are we, how are we measuring what we're doing here in our engagement? But I think that 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 goes both ways uh, to candidates that are looking for a new position and things that they're going to want to know. But really, just being yourself, right? I feel like we shouldn't be trying to. Um, fit into a role that, that we think we need or want, uh, you know, based off of, you know, some initial, initial specs that we're, uh, attracted to. We should really be authentic to, to who we are, what our strengths are, what our challenges are that we're, we're looking to hone in on in a new position and how this new position can potentially get us from point A to point B. Yeah. Look, I come from an investment banking background, so I used to get dressed up in a suit and a tie, you know, every, uh, every day to go to work. Tech fund don't ever do that anymore. Um, but if you have somebody coming in and this is a question, I don't think people really think about, but if I'm going in and I'm, let's say I'm going in and you have like a COO candidate, uh, position for a, for a, you know, a 10, 10 club chain. Um, should I show up in like a suit and a tie, even though I know that that's not the, that's not the dress code. And should I be wearing jeans or is that too, you know, like I'm not taking this too seriously. How do you advise people in this industry on what I should wear based on what I'm applying for, based on like going deep into my closet to pretend like I'm still a banker when like, you don't, you're not really hiring me for, for that dress up show. I mean, I think it's, it comes down to showing effort. So, uh, you know, being a, a New Yorker, uh, I would say that um, putting that professional foot forward always matters. So okay. I would err actually on the side of, of more of that business casual or business professional even. So I'm not against and actually really appreciate when personal trainers show up to hiring events in a, in a button-down shirt that's been meticulously ironed and, and fitted dress pants. Uh, I'll also admire someone that shows up in a Lululemon tracksuit. Um, but uh, I think that Going professional always shows that that you're you know putting some thought into what you're doing and the position that you're applying for. So I, I would err on the side of going professional. That's great. That's great advice. And then in closing here, are there any other things that you wish people would do differently when they interview with you? You know, should they go on your LinkedIn and link in with everybody at the at the company? What what are some of the things that the do's and don'ts? Maybe just in closing here, if you could give me like one or two. Definitely doing your research on the company is, is, is critical. I think that that, again, also in addition to dressing professionally shows that you're putting some thought into some effort into the interview in advance. In fact, I'll tell my candidates in the pre-screening process if they haven't done it already by the time that they are to meet with my client that they are to do you know X, Y, and Z research on the position so that they are prepared for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think the, the the last thing is getting back to just being being authentically yourself, but again being professional. Uh, and I think that that's kind of a, a widely ranged and used word, but um, it should be somewhat intri- intrinsically understood. Although, unfortunately, you would be surprised that some people don't have an understanding of what that means. So I would say figure that out before you uh, take the time to, to, to invest in, in interviewing. And then one other question to just spawn what you were talking about. You know, if you're a matchmaker, you know, you're not really on one side of the transaction. You no. know, obviously, you're representing a client, but I'm also trying to represent the employee. I'm not trying to give that employee necessarily, I'm just thinking out loud here. 
you're not trying to give them like an unfair advantage, but you're actually trying to set them up to actually make the match work. And, 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 and so you really like kind of optimizing both sides of the market, if you will, and not necessarily like, I'm just going to be looking out for my client because that might not be the, the only thing that matters. I might have to look out for the interviewee for, to make sure that they present themselves in the best light and probably how they really are and not necessarily like handicap themselves on that interview. Is that accurate? A thousand percent. In fact, I always tell the candidates that is it's frankly not in my best interest to just represent my client, even though my client is the one that's paying me. Uh, it's in my best interest to represent both sides and to advocate for both sides because, frankly, a lot of times those candidates end up being your clients at some point. Yeah. Or conversely, my candidate is my is the is the product of of my service, right? So if my candidate is not happy in the position that they are in, or if they're not even happy with the interview process that they get from my client that's not going to serve my bottom line here at yeah. all. So yeah. uh, it really does behoove me to have um, these types of, of two-sided conversations with both my candidates and clients and to represent them both um, to this, to this, with the same level of, of conscientiousness because that candidate is really is, is representing me and their success will dictate whether or not uh, that client decides to use me again, or which most of my business comes from referrals, right? So I'm really looking to that client to potentially introduce me to other clients as well. So again, that's not going to happen if they're not happy with the candidate that they hire for me. Awesome. Well, it was great talking to you. Look forward to meeting you in person. Thanks for uh, doing what you're doing and helping us uh, solve one of the bigger issues in the Halo sector. Halo is a term that is a uh, we have not trademarked it purposely, so feel free to use it as often as, as frequently as you'd like and uh, look forward to uh, to making big things happen. So thanks for your contributions and, uh, you know, professionalism, I think, is, is very important as we uh, as we go forward and build a big business in the sector. Well, thank you so much for your time here, Pete, and thank you to your viewers. It's been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to, uh, to the next steps here in terms of continuing the conversation because there's so much to say and in terms of uh, the state of staffing in, in the Halo sector here. So thank you very much for your time here.